And you want to hear the truth? I want to hear the truth too. And as I was reading, I said, this is the truth. So would you open your Bibles, if you have them with you, to Colossians chapter 2. It is amazing the little chapters, the little things that are written right in there, shoved into this little part. It's amazing what you will find and have in there. So here is Paul writing and sharing to the church in Colossia as they are reading this. It is a powerful passage, but we're only going to look at a little bit of it this morning. So if you would look in Colossians chapter 2, I would like for us to begin with the sixth verse. The sixth verse. So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. Overflowing with thankfulness. You're rooted and strengthened and built in him. And so overflowing with thankfulness, Paul calls him. See, see to it that no one takes you captive through hollow or deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and on the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives and bodily dwells in Christ. This is a powerful passage about Jesus' de deity. For all of Christ, in Jesus, the fullness of the deity lives in him and his form. And in Christ... You have been brought to fullness. You and I have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and every authority. In him, the scriptures say, in him, you were also circumcised with a circumcision not performed by human hands. Your whole self ruled by the flesh was put off when you were circumcised by Christ, having been buried with him, in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through your faith in working of God, who raised him from the dead. There is significant connection between Christ's death upon the cross, his burial, and his resurrection. There's significant connection between that and baptism. When John was at the Jordan River, John got baptized in the Jordan River. It was a beautiful spot, because it was the place where Jesus was baptized. And we went down into the water, and it was muddy, wasn't it? It was muddy and cold. Went down into the water in reenactment of the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. It is that act, that physical act. It does nothing to yourself, but it's a spiritual presentation of yourself. It is a physical act of saying, in faith... I am accepting Christ's death, burial, and resurrection in my behalf. And therefore, by being baptized, I am replaying that experience that in myself, I am laying down the old man, I'm laying down the life of the flesh, and now I choose to follow in the fullness of Christ. And so he gave me his life to walk in the fullness of Christ. He gave me that part that I might follow him. It is a beautiful experience. <clears throat> the, the joy of being baptized. If you have not been baptized and have been thinking about that, please see me. It's a way of stepping forward and taking your distance and following in Christ. So when they were dead in your sins and in uncircumcised of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us 
all our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, he canceled the charge, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. What did he nail to the cross? He nailed our indebtedness. He nailed our sins to the cross. It's the most beautiful thing, most powerful truth, that Christ took our sins to the cross, and he paid for them. And having disarmed the powers and the authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them on the cross. He disarmed the powers and authorities. What powers and authorities? Well, not only did he overcome the powers and authorities who thought that if we crucified him, that would be the end of it, not realizing that he would raise from the dead. But there's also another part of the powers and authorities. The powers and authorities of Satan are constantly accusing you before God that you were a sinner. But when Christ went to the cross, and by acceptance by faith, by walking into the water in baptism, he got the curse of our sins off our backs. What an incredible thing. What an incredible thing. Therefore, the cross was triumphant. The cross itself was triumphant. Therefore, our hope is only in Jesus. Salvation is offered to no man other than Christ, is it not? Only through Christ does he offer the hope of salvation. And so that assurance, that hope is assured by our faith or our trust in Christ, in what he did, the actions in which he took, in which he sealed us. So, so the question we might ask, well, why have communion? Why should we have communion? Well, there are several parts to that. And one of them is that Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. So we were to do that, do that. And in, as you just read in the foot, foot washing, he said, you should do this to one another. And you will be blessed if you do that. Why would you be blessed in washing someone else's feet? Because in the ordinance of humility, when you, when you wash someone else's feet, you're saying to that other person, I'm not above you. I'm willing to be your servant. Just as Christ was our servant. It doesn't matter your background in the household of God. So I understand the story of this man who had a slave. And he came into the church. And uh, he decided he was going to accept Christ. And when he came, in to, came into the church, and so his slave was sitting in the church. And so he was looking for another place to sit. But the pastor kept saying, no, no, you, you sit there pointing to the chair placed next to his slave. And he said, no, 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 I can't, that's my slave. And he said, no, 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 you sit there. And they insisted that he sit next to a slave. Why? Because in the house of the faith, there is no slave. We are all equal. We are all servants of Christ. No matter our background, our education, our culture, our wealth, our lack of it, it doesn't matter. Before Christ, we are all sinners Saved by his grace. And so none is above the other. None of the be above the other. Also, Paul went on to share with us in 1 Corinthians 11 that whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. You proclaim his death until he comes. And so by, say, by our participating in that, 
And we do it roughly around quarterly, although it's not a law, but we we kind of follow a quarterly system. When we do that, we're saying why this, we are proclaiming Christ's death upon the cross for our salvation. It is a deeply personal moment. It's a deeply personal experience for you, for you to enjoy and to connect with God. So I would invite you as we go through the service that you keep your mind focused on Jesus. And that as you remember and take the elements and as you participate, remember we are focusing upon Jesus. And you are celebrating the joy and the forgiveness that he gives to you. It is, it is a solemn event, but it's a joyful event all at the same time. Because he loves us and care for us, cares for us. So the expression coming, continue, Paul said, continue to, to live your lives in him. Continue to live your lives in him, together, together. So, the Lord invites us to come to his table. <laughs> it was his invitation for us to come. Sometimes we say, well, we invite the Holy Spirit to come in, or we invite the Lord to come into uh, our church. No, wherever two or three are gathered, he's there. So, we are coming into his presence, you see. And we come. And so he's inviting us. He's inviting us to come and participate because we are his children. And it becomes our joy to participate and to do that. And one of the ways we do that is in serving one another. Now, we were going to divide. We'll be separate for just a few moments. And if the men will go outside, out to my left, to your right, or as you exit, it'll be to the left. And as the women will go into the um, gathering room, I believe we're set up in there, the gathering room for the ordinance of humility. You certainly are welcome to participate. If you choose to just remain here, you certainly can. We will be back here in just a few moments. and 1 John 5.13. No one has ever gone to heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to t condemn the world, but to save the world through him. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know that you have eternal life. Let's pray. Our gracious Father in heaven, we come before you in Jesus' name, praising your name for this wonderful gift you have given us. We are about to partake of the emblems that you provided to remind us of the death and resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus. We thank you, we praise you, and we worship you for that. We ask you now that you will be with us. Come and um, bless these emblems that they may restore in us the image of God. May we find the love and the unity that Jesus so prayed for as we 
partake of these emblems. May they bless us to that end. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
So what does the bread mean? And why are there two emblems? We could have said, well, it was tradition that was carried over, but Jesus took those to mean specific things. The bread represents Christ's suffering. By his stripes we are healed. We know that Christ suffered on our behalf. It's described in Isaiah 53 to the T as he lays out, as Isaiah lays out what the suffering servant would do. So by his stripes, by Jesus' suffering, he took our suffering. So just as the wheat was ground between the millstones and then prepared and beaten together and, and then baked, so Christ suffered for our behalf. So when we take and eat the bread, we are participating with Christ in his sufferings as a sense and accepting his suffering in our behalf. Jesus said, eat ye all of it. Just stop that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You have to stop that. Stop that again. I clicked too quick. Sorry. You go back to the explanation one. Thank you. So what does the cup mean? If the bread stood for the, for the suffering of Christ, the blood stands for his actual death. For without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. And so when Christ gave his life up on the cross, when he died for you, the shedding of his blood paid for the shedding of your blood. Therefore, he brought freedom to you and eternal life for all who wish and believe, 1 John 5, 13, as Sharon read earlier. It is blessed that we can have this occasion together. And so Jesus said, take ye, drink ye, all of it. We will now have a thing in Christ alone.
that message, don't you? Amen. It's a beautiful thought. In Christ alone, trusting in him alone. Our thank offering today, our thank offering is for uh, the Benevolent Fund, and uh, it will be collected at the back. Jim, if you could get an offering plate ready. And uh, it is our only time we take care of the people that are in-house. For those who have, in our congregation, who have needs. Yes, we take care of those outside, but this is for those inside. And if you blessed, please uh, help us with that as you leave today. I'd like for us to close by singing, Blessed Be the Tie That Binds Our Hearts in Christian Love. The fellowship of kindred minds is alike to that above. And I'd like to have you stand as we do that. And if you would just grab a hold of a hand of someone around you, that would be super. <clears throat> Hip 350. Our hearts in Christian love. 
So, Father, we've come to you. We've come into your place. We've sat at your table, and we have been fed by your spirit. We thank you for that. We're grateful, and we celebrate your death upon the cross that gives us life, gives us hope, gives us salvation, but gives us our true friend and redeemer. We thank you that you were able to establish with us a relationship to your glory, but to our benefit. We love you, and we appreciate that in unexplainable terms, Lord, to you, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless.